This week on Ultra 64, we have reached the far off distant future year of 2020. Woody, do you have any uh, New Year's resolutions? Yeah, my New Year's resolution this year is to not play any more terrible video games. Mm. What are we playing this week for the podcast, Steve? Superman. Shit. Welcome to Ultra 64. That was totally not rehearsed. We definitely <laughs> didn't do that twice, because we definitely didn't forget to record the first time. We are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 <laughs> podcast. Each and every week, we are playing a different randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog, and we're playing it until our damn eyes bleed, and it took remarkably little time this time. My name is Steve Guntling. I am faster than a locomotive. Wait, no, but see, we did this once, and I was really on top of it, and now I've gotten really confused you can leap i am tall more power more era. powerful than a single a speeding bullet <laughs> okay and able to leap tall locomotives in a single bound <laughs> woody siskowski and we are joined by a guest coming in from skype right now say hello special guest uh that's right i'm gonna say more powerful than 10 brandon routes this time Ooh, Jared yes. that's, that's me <laughs> That's a, that's a mega Routh, I believe. Uh, ten, me- <laughs> 10 Brandon Rouths. So that's a mega Routh. <laughs> so we are very excited to have Jared back. He was last here playing Batman Beyond, the return of the Joker with us uh, mm-hmm. more than yeah. a year ago now. Yeah. And uh, so bad DC games have now become your brand. Uh, that's that's on your resume. You can get it tattooed <laughs> on your face. Yeah. Ju- only only on your face, a, though. I just applied to a job, and that was what I put. I said, uh, great reviewer of bad <laughs> DC games for the end. 64 specifically <laughs> specifically yeah I a, it's a limited skill set but it takes you far yeah. yeah uh so this week we are playing superman uh yeah this is uh, this is a big one this is one of the most infamous titles on the nintendo 64 because it's one of the worst games ever made it's spoilers alert i'm, I'm gonna say that now it's one of the worst games it's not ever it's made. not gonna top our mm. list it I may think it's not, safe to it say not. Uh, we were picking our rankings and we knew we could stick to the bottom half of things i didn't need to scroll up at all yeah, um, it's rare it's rare that a game becomes famous for its terribleness. There's probably only about 10 yeah. that are famous enough that this, people know like that they're bad. E. Yeah, uh, yeah, a handful <laughs> of others. But so Jared, uh let's go a little bit into your experience with Superman. I know you're a DC fan and a Batman fan. Uh what do you feel about Superman? Well, right there you just said it. I'm a Batman fan. So most mm. people that are into Batman kind of aren't super into Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I did not even mean to do that on purpose. Super in the Super Bowl. <laughs> but, um, but for real. So here, let me, I'll, I'll explain it like this. My favorite, and this will tell you how I feel about Superman. My favorite, if any, Superman story or Superman-centric story in the comic books would be the death of Superman. And okay. that was because it was like a year long of Superman just getting the shit kicked out of him by, <laughs> by Doomsday. Until he, Those last <laughs> ten pages of that are just nothing but that. Like... <laughs> Like, just yeah, silent it, panels of him getting bloodied by giant <laughs> knuckles. It's great. It's almost like the writer just had actually, like, a mean on for Superman. Like, he was like, you know what? <laughs> Thank you for giving me this story where I just brutalized Superman for, uh, for yeah, for several panels. Um, yeah. But, but here's the ironic thing. I actually love uh, Superman analog characters. Like, I like, okay. like mm, Shazam. every character. 
yeah, like uh, like the boys has the the Homelander, like stuff like that, like mm, yeah, yeah, darker yeah. takes on Superman. But I just don't like the. I even like Captain Marvel as we know him now, Shazam, more yeah. than Superman. And he's like the most, like they call him the big cheese, but I just cannot take the goody two-shoes Boy Scout thing. That's the thing. I, I think uh, Captain Marvel at least has like human flaws and has human weaknesses, and those just kind of don't really come across in Superman. And just like the way his character is written, they kind of have to write the edge out of him by design. Like he's supposed to be as wholesome as American apple pie. And, which, uh, which, which technically makes him a sociopath because like if you go with the, the Kill Bill volume two monologue of like Clark Kent is the disguise and Superman's the real person. He's just a, 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 a super strong alien trying to act like a normal human being. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, I think the weird thing is, like, I don't think many people would purport to, like, be huge fans of Superman the character, but he's sort of, like, the center that everything in the DC universe is based around. Everything in comic books, in superhero comic books, at least. Yeah, yeah. because, like, so many of the DC stories are basically, like, Superman retires. What's it going (laughs) to be like? Like, the Kingdom Come stuff, or, like, 50, uh, new, not new 52, but just 52. Yeah, yeah. Um... All of that is like, what would it be like without Superman, and how can these other heroes kind of step up? Yeah, there's... I mean, I, look, without Superman, you still have hundreds of other, <laughs> like, comparably powered guys. They'll be fine. I, um, think, I think what he gets, though, is, and I will give him this credit, is he was the first. You know, he was the first, quote-unquote, superhero. You know, guy that can do everything you imagine, he can do it, kind of thing. And he's the, he's the archetype, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I think everything's just kind of based off of that. Um, before we get started, I've got a little Superman history, but before we get started with that, I've gathered a little uh, review roundup, just so we have kind of an idea of what we're working with with Superman on the, the N64. Oh, this particular game. Of this particular game. So, um, when when this, game, <laughs> this game came out, it was, you know, not super well received. No, not terribly. And its, it's legacy has only uh, declined. But I, I think this game is kind of like cats in the sense that, like... <laughs> Reviewers are really cats the musical, not cat, not cats the new oh, yeah, movie, cats not the movie. cats the animal. Yeah, yeah most yeah, people yeah. are in favor of those. <laughs> yeah, Compared although to the whole feline species, this, yeah. Yeah, yeah, their stock has gone down since that movie came out. I mm. looked at my cat, I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> um, but okay, so a couple of quotes of uh, things we have to work with, as well as a couple of uh, uh, awards and different things from media outlets. So GameSpot says it serves no purpose other than to establish the bottom of the barrel. Not bad. <laughs> well, think of it this way, Steve. If you don't have a bottom of a barrel, all your apple's going to fall out. It's true. Well, unless you, unless you don't pick it up. Because the oh, ground yeah. is there. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you're Superman. I don't even know if he could lift this barrel. I don't think he can. <laughs> uh, IGN says, not only is this subpar effort one of Nintendo 64's worst games, it serves as even more proof that it takes more than a solid license to make a solid game. True. Which, I don't know if that was ever a thing that needed proving in video games. No. Generally, the more solid your license, the worse the game's going to be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is from Next so it's Generation. Not even like, oh. It's not even like a Trolls 2 so bad it's good. It's uh, so bad it's crap. And yeah, then you realize yeah. it's even worse crap. There's okay. very few video games that reach the so bad it's good mentality. I can mentality. think of one off the top of my head, and that's uh, 50 Cent Blood in the Sand. Oh, sure. Because uh, the game works. The game functions. Like it's not, it's not like a broken game, but it's just 
batshit story wise. <laughs> it's terribly acted. It's like it's it's over the top like that. My, uh, I might, I might yeah, throw go. in a quick Goonies too because it's oh, yeah. uh, a, a, only a sequel in a video game, and you hear the Cindy Lauper song playing throughout the whole Honestly, horrible experience. One of my favorite <laughs> NES scores is just that loop of that Cindy Lauper song. It sounds really good in eight bit. I don't know. I like it. Yep, I agree. I agree. Um, so uh, another review from Next Generation. Hands down the worst game in years. Everyone even remotely connected with this should be banished to the Phantom Zone and all existing cartridges hurled into the sun. Wow. Nice. So, That's a good obscure that. comic one. Okay, good. good. <laughs> then a few others here. Uh, EGM called this the seventh worst game of all time. Uh, G4 TV <laughs> called it the second worst game of the 90s. I, d I couldn't find what the worst game of the 90s was. Uh, Nintendo Power called it the worst game to ever appear on a Nintendo system. Whoa. Damn. Whoa. That's harsh. Yeah. GameSpy <laughs> called it the worst game based on a comic book. Uh, Watch Mojo also called it the worst comic book game, and they called it the second worst video game of all time. And just now, my wife, while playing it, the multiplayer mode with us, said, this makes me sad. <laughs> So I think that's the uh, devastating one. <laughs> the implication is that she's a big Superman fan, and this really let down her love of the license. Not even but that. <laughs> I, think, I think she's just sad that this exists yeah. in the world. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's go and do a little bit of uh, Superman history. I'm not going to go deep, because like with Batman, like we know... <laughs> Years at this uh, just about, yeah. 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 Yep, so, yep. no need to go into too many details. Uh, he is perhaps the most iconic figure of American, American pop culture. Like, uh, can we? I think we can mm -hmm. almost agree on that. I would, I would put him behind Mickey Mouse. I wouldn't put you him think? ahead of Mickey Mouse. Oh, okay, all right. And also, I, can, I, can I feel like argument. he might. I don't know. I feel like you could make an argument for Batman too. Like lately, yeah, lately, yeah. I think mm -hmm. Batman's uh, Batman outsells Superman um, by quite a bit, but. Uh, a brief overview of this. So Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster. Uh, Siegel first rolled out the idea for a Superman, quote-unquote, <laughs> in a short story that he published in 1933, which was more of like a horror story. It was about uh, mm -hmm. scientists who experimented on a guy mm. and gave him horrible powers. Um, eventually, he met Joe Shuster, who was an uh, artist, and they started working on comic strips together, and that gave them the opportunity to expand on this idea. So they cribbed a lot from uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs, uh, John Carter's of Mars, and uh, of mm -hmm. uh, Johnson McCauley's Zorro, uh, which is the idea of the secret identity. Um, so he, he shifted over from a horror character to a hero who would jump in and save people. And his original origin, he was actually a man from a future Earth who gained superpowers from an experiment and then traveled back in time to prevent Earth from being destroyed. And now he just helps people with all these powers he has. Oh, okay. Uh, Siegel spent eight years trying to get a collection of the character strips published, but he kept running into roadblocks, 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 until finally they attracted the interest of a uh, rather shady businessman by the name of Malcolm Wheeler Nicholson, who <laughs> offered to publish the strip through his company, which was called National Allied Publications. Uh, and these two, the Siegel and Schuster were reluctant because uh, uh, Wheeler Nicholson had screwed them over a couple times already, not paid them or, or dodged their calls. Uh, so they didn't really want to. And in the meantime, um, Wheeler Nicholson fell into some hard times, and he had to sell National Allied, which was promptly renamed by its new uh, masters as Detective Comics uh, after their mm -hmm. most popular publication. So with more reliable management in place, Siegel and Schuster finally agreed to work with DC. And then in 1938, the character made his debut in Action Comics number one, and the rest is history from there. Uh, the comic, it took off faster and bigger than anyone anticipated. Uh, it spun off into 
everything from I mean I've, I literally everything everything has Superman on it including my underwear right now uh, most important that's not true most importantly Superman like we were saying kind of provided the archetype for the modern superhero and pretty much everything that followed Superman and we're obviously in the middle of like a crazy superhero boom right now and that's all thanks to Superman a good old boy from Smallville Kansas <laughs> slash Krypton um one little additional addendum, because I was looking into the story of uh, uh, Siegel and Schuster trying to hold on to the rights for mm-hmm. Superman, which basically is just like 70 to 80 years of DC screwing these guys yeah. over as much as they possibly it, it's could. It's maybe the saddest story oh. of rights to a character in comic book history, I think. Like. Those guys in the 40s were, like, m- much more ruthless, I think, than they are today because there's no one on the Internet to shame them. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they were kind of ruthless about it. So here's kind of the overviews of this story. Uh, they spent the last 80 years debating this. So the duo originally sold the exclusive rights to the character for $130. That's $130 <laughs> between them. Okay. All right. That's, like, nothing. $65 each. Even in 1938 money, that's not a lot. Got a um, nice new suit, I bet, though. <laughs> oh, a new pair of spats and a, a crank for my old Stutz Bearcat. I don't know. I ran out of things to say. So they had to fight tooth and nail to get even a modicum of the royalties. Uh, in the 40s, Siegel tried repeatedly to pitch Superboy as a character, which DC kept rejecting and rejecting and rejecting, until Siegel signed up to go fight in World War II. And while he was away stationed, Ooh. they took his idea, Ooh. gave it to another writer, and published oh, Superboy. God. And as kind of an extra, like, stab in the back, Joe Schuster drew that. Oh. So I don't think these guys got along very well at all, but they, they worked together for a long time. Uh, so the pair finally tried to regain rights in 1947, and they sued DC, uh, and that failed. Then they sued again in 1965. That failed. Uh, finally, in the mid-70s, um, when news came out that uh, Warner Bros. was working on a major motion picture adaptation of the character, uh, Siegel and Schuster started sending out editorials kind of explaining how poorly they've been treated and encouraging people not to see the movie. Um, And uh, this got the attention of the press and a lot of like prominent figures like Kurt Vonnegut took up their cause, Mm. which is kind of a weird person to take up the cause, but it's great. Um, And uh, they, they basically, they, that was the early internet shaming. They were able to shame Warner brothers into giving them something. So now as of 1975, they get credit for creating the character, which they didn't for the decades before. And they get a yearly stipend of around roughly $1 million, which is not bad. And then uh, medical benefits, which is good because around this time, Schuster was losing his eyesight and desperately needed to see a doctor. From writing all the letters to DC. (laughs) Please just give me my property. Why, oh why, didn't I write bigger? Damn it. Uh. (laughs) So after after, uh, Siegel died in 1996, his family decided to terminate their lease of the copyright agreement so now 50% of Superman reverted back to the family, finally, after all these years. But then Warner Brothers bought this back in 2001 with a yearly payment to the family of about $3 million until another movie got, producer got involved and tried to convince them to give the rights to him. And it was all okay. just this big back and forth mess that is like haunting this family forever. As of 2014, it seems to be settled. Uh, the courts ruled that the 2001 payout from Warner Brothers meant that the company owns Superman and Superboy in perpetuity. Um, and I think this is all going to come up again in a couple years because the character is supposed to go into the public domain in 2033. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be another big like shit show around that. Um, so sorry, that was a bit of a long diversion, but I think that's an interesting 
story, and those guys have just been kind of screwed over so bad for so long, and uh, I'm glad they're finally getting some money for it. Their families are finally getting some money. Well, yeah, they're, they're both dead now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, quite dead. <laughs> yeah. 20, the- 25 years it. now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right, a couple little quick things about Superman by the numbers. So we got eight major motion pictures with Superman in it, including Batman and mm-hmm. Superman and Justice League, but not including the serials from the 50s. There were a couple of those. Mm-hmm. There have been 20 TV shows with Superman on it. I had no idea, but that includes animated. Two of those shows are on the air right now, uh, Supergirl and Krypton, but Krypton has been canceled uh, after its upcoming season. Uh, mm-hmm. Superman is the best-selling comic book series of all time. Uh, there have been more than 14,000 individual Superman comics sold since 1938, which has generated approximately $600 million. Um, Action Comics number 1 is still the most valuable comic book of all time. The biggest sale was a mint condition copy sold in 2014 for more than $3 million. Uh, and that was actually here. That was in Federal Way, uh, just oh, down wow. south of us. Um, of the seven comic books to fetch more than $1 million, five of them are Action Comics number one. Sure. Including one copy that used to belong to Nicolas Cage that sold for $2 million. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they literally call it the Nicolas Cage edition. <laughs> um, and the best-selling individual issue of a comic book is Superman number 75, which we referred to already, the infamous Death mm. of Superman from 1994. Mm-hmm. Uh, that issue sold more than 6 million copies and made DC $30 million on day one. They were literally... it's. I think the first and only time there were lines out of a comic book store, yeah. and sales for comic books have tanked since then. Well, that was uh, that sort of came right around the time that the idea of stuff being collectible was a selling point because yeah. yep. they're like, oh, these old comics are collectible. You want to buy this commemorative issue of yes. the death of Superman right now? With a Get in line and cover. be one of the very few. However many millions of people bought this issue, mm-hmm. who owns it? And so now it's probably yeah, that, that worth was, very that, little. That was also the time of polybagging everything, yeah. where they put it all in a bag. So they screwed little kids, because they'd be like, well, there's a collector's card inside, so you want to get two, because you want to <laughs> open one, so you can read it and get the card, but then you mm. want to save one, because it's going to be worth 50 cents in 20 years. <laughs> so... Jared, you know more about the comic collecting world than I do. Is is this still like a viable thing? Do people? I mean, obviously, in 2014, that people are still buying Action Comics number one and Spider Man, you know, the debut of Spider Man. But are people still buying comics to a degree that uh, they're collectible anymore? Yeah, actually, it's had uh, a huge. Obviously, the movies fueled like a huge resurgence of uh, of comic buying. And because what happened is a lot of the, the creators like Marvel and all of them got smart because they were like, OK, well, kids like the movies. So they kind of like if you started looking at the comics, a lot of the characters started looking like their movie counterparts. OK. Um, yeah. And then and then as far as the collectors side of it, uh, all these people that were holding on to these books that were maybe like 10, 15 dollars, like that nobody was predicting were going to be big. Like, you know, for instance, like a first Guardians of the Galaxy, right. which was like some obscure comic. Uh, all of a sudden people are like movies big and they jack up the price okay. so it, it's it's a really weird it's a really weird market because i'll go to a convention and see a book that's hot at that moment and they're selling it for like a hundred like for instance the the legion show yeah. that legion show on fx yeah yeah so that's a really obscure character it's uh from the, the x-men stories yeah. and 
his first appearance was going for like a hundred dollars at the convention really? and now it's probably going for ten dollars oh, because i had that yeah i had that book yeah oh yeah. shit i had that in the 90s it's damn it it's one of those situations yeah. where when some usually when something is marketed as being a big deal or being collectible it's not no. because that's when a lot of people are going to buy it it's sort of when it's just sort of an obscure first appearance of a character who's not mm-hmm. necessarily going to be a big character that's what, like, right. you find, like, the first appearance of Cable or something yeah, like yeah. that. Like, that's going to yeah, be exactly. valuable. So, mm-hmm. because it's, yeah, because the, that whole thing with that Superman book and X-Force and the X-Men, it was just oversaturation. So, it's, like, even if, like, it's 20 years from now, which it is now and all that, though, there's so many of those books still out there. Yeah. You know, it's, like, like all the image books. Like, there's just a billion image books everywhere. Oh, you know, yeah. like, it's, like, Spawn number one is, it's not cheap but it's really not that expensive you no know? i think my friend actually bought spawn number one a couple years ago it was like 15 bucks then but like i'm sure it's more now but would you say yeah. it's like a tip for listeners we should go out and buy like first issues of the eternals and shang chi or things like that Th- those are already already skyrocketing really okay all right yeah yeah, yeah. ever since yeah. kumail took his yeah. shirt off on instagram man everyone's freaking out <laughs> That was my Thanksgiving, or no, my Christmas. It's like everybody that was, was like, your Christmas. I'm like, that's you what you asked for. Yeah, Christmas. that's what I thought you were going to say. That <laughs> was my Christmas present was Kumail taking off his to shirt. See Kumail shred. Yeah. yeah, that's what I don't. Hey, good for him, man. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about the Superman animated series because that's what this game is directly based off. And again, we talked about the Batman animated series last time, and there's less to talk about here. Um, yeah, it's it, you know this was also made by Bruce Tim who made the Batman animated series. It has that same kind of Art Deco art style. Uh, also made by mm-hmm. Kids WB. This one came out in 1996. Um, it has uh, voices of Tim Daly as Superman, Dana Delaney as Lois Lane, uh, David Kaufman as Jimmy Olsen, and Clancy Brown as Lex Luthor. All of whom uh, returned for this game. But I can't actually be sure if these are new clips or just, like, mm. recycled from the show. I, I imagine they're recycled from the show. Uh, they probably didn't bring Tim Daly in and just say, I'm ready to go, or whatever he said. Yeah, like, the voice the voice clips are of, a, like, a decent fidelity, but they're not used very much. Like, when you start, he's like, this looks like a job for Superman. Yeah. And then Lex Luthor says, you'll never catch me, or I don't know. Something but, like that. But, yeah, just, they're very generic, and they just come, like, once, and then you have a bunch of weird text. And this is kind of like a weird in-between show because you had Batman the Animated Series, which was super, super popular. And then you had the Justice League series, which came after this, which was also super, super popular. And Superman, which was not super popular. Ironically, not super super popular. popular. They actually, (laughs) after season three, they had to bring in Batman, I think. Mm. They they changed the title of the show to the new Batman Superman Adventures. And they even gave Batman top billing. Uh but, like, yeah, I, I think it was struggling a little bit. But uh, I just watched the show. I, I watched a couple episodes on Amazon. It's really good. It holds up. I think it's it's not quite as good as the Batman animated series because nothing is and <laughs> Superman's not Batman. Yeah. It's, it's really solidly done. The animation's great. Uh, the first couple episodes are – well, the first episode is set on Krypton and you get to see the destruction sure. of Krypton, which is one of those things I kind of felt like I never needed to see again because – it's been done, but uh, this was really well handled, and it's really well animated. It's gorgeously done, and uh, they brought in a lot of like really like impressive comic book writers to write the show. So like mm-hmm. Paul Dini, uh, Evan Dorkin, Sarah Dyer, uh, Jim Shooter, Steve Gerber, Len Wein, and uh, one of my favorite novelists of all time, Joe Lansdale, uh, yeah. wrote for the show as well. And it's it's really quite good. And then in the later seasons, they bring in. Uh, 
like the fourth world stuff, the Jack Kirby, uh, Orion, uh, Apocalypse, Dark Side, Dark Side and, all yeah. that. It's uh, where so. everything in the DC universe goes eventually. It all just Which is gradually awesome becomes cosmic. Because it's so, like, it gets so weird. I love that one of the biggest, most powerful villains in the universe is named Granny Goodness. Yeah. Like, <laughs> legitimately a terrifying character named Granny Goodness. Oh, she's awesome. I love Weirdly her, enough, yeah. voiced yeah, on the show by Ed Asner. Whoa. Uh-huh. Which is perfect. <laughs> which is kind of great. Which is so good. It's kind of great. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, we are getting to the meat here, but we have to talk about Superman in other video games. Yes. Uh, he has been famously difficult to adapt to video games because uh, in order for it to be any fun at all, you have to limit what makes Superman special. Otherwise, but, yep. it's just like in, you're you're invincible the entire game. Yeah, which which would be an interesting concept. Like it, th- like they did that Hulk game, the Hulk Ultimate Destruction, where they basically said, you know, what if you just were the Hulk and you could just run through and yeah. run over and destroy buildings? So it would be interesting. Yeah, there's so many limits on putting Superman on a game because if you wanted to allow him to do his full power and just fly around and like be able to crush buildings and stuff, you're like. Unless you were making it based on the Zack Snyder Man of Steel game where he just destroys a bunch <laughs> of buildings. Exactly breaks necks. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, you can't have him just, like, creating huge amounts of destruction. No. And, and you can't have him be at full power. Yeah, like you said, you can't have him be at full power because then he's just going to punch dudes and they'll go flying, which would be awesome, except that's not really his M.O., and it's it kind of reveals the core problem with the character, I think. It's that, like, in order for there to be any kind of stakes at all, someone's always got kryptonite. Or someone's always, like, putting a family member in danger or something like that. He's also just kind of... Which is... So go ahead, Jared. Which is why DC heroes... Because if you look at DC, like, it's always hard. Like, uh, my friends and I, you know, dorks that we are, always are like, who would win this DC character for this versus this Marvel character? And it's usually nine out of ten times the DC character because they're all so overpowered. Yeah. Like they, you know, Green Lantern has the ultimate right. weapon. Whatever I think, I can, you know, comes to, you know, happens, or I'm the fastest man alive, or whatever. But the thing is, they have the stupidest weaknesses. <laughs> like, yeah, like his is a rock, yeah. a green rock. Uh, green Lantern, the first Green Lantern, like the Golden Age yeah. one, was wood, and then oh, the other really? one was I didn't, yellow. I didn't know anything yellow. Yeah, yeah. I it think was a wood like, weakness. Wood might be a better weakness for a spacefaring guy. Like he can just stay out in space and patrol the universe, you know. But the color no wood can get the color yellow is a little harder to escape. Um, It's it's also weird for a video game because it's like the dynamic is the hero is the big superpower. Usually in games, you play as sort of the weaker guy and have to sort of use your wits to overcome these guys who outmatch you. Right. In this, you don't need to have any wits because you would just be able to run over any problem. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so let's look back at some of the Superman games of the past. Uh, the first one to try and capture the Superman magic was Superman for the Atari 2600 from 1979. Uh, that game is very tedious and very hard to decipher. Um, Can but- you, I mean, there's very few Atari games that could not be described as tedious and hard to decipher. <laughs> but it, so. it's always like especially hard when they're trying to do something a little more ambitious yeah, like, like the, Indian- the Raiders of the Lost Ark yeah. yeah 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 Raiders of the Lost Ark game it's like you have no idea what's going on or but- for that matter the E.T. game yeah because this game I think this game actually has a lot in common with E.T. in the sense that um, A. it's horrible yeah and it's infamously horrible but most of that comes from just how inscrutable so much of it is yeah um, and so like aren't you aren't you essentially like a like a like a like a rectangle in in the Atari no, one. No, no, he like kind of looks and... like oh, the the Atari Superman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, kind of sort. Of, he he's 
you you can tell it's Superman like in his flying post. Like you can okay. you can tell that. And there is a mechanic where you are you start as Clark Kent and you have to find a phone booth and step in mm. to become Superman. But then as you're flying through the city, you're going so fast through all these screens, it's kind of hard to tell what's going on. And it's just it's just kind of a weird pixely mess. Um, but not terribly worth noting. But uh, it is a little better than uh, the Superman game for the NES, uh, which right. seemed to totally misunderstand the point of Superman. Let's just say there's a lot of ladders you have to climb in that game. Is that a game where you can take the subway across town? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. take the subway, <laughs> which, to be fair, is something you do in Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man game as well. <laughs> yeah. But it makes a little more sense for him. So uh, I think the pinnacle of Superman games came in the early 90s on the Genesis. So we have two games, uh, Superman and Death and Return of Superman. Uh, both games were developed by Sunsoft. The Genesis game kind of leans more towards like the company's brand of like colorful but kind of bland platformers, but right. like functional, mm-hmm. totally fine. Uh, and Death and Return was actually a really solid side-scrolling beat-em-up. And technically, it is the first game ever developed by Blizzard Entertainment right. because uh, they just changed their name from Silicon and Synapse to Blizzard with that game. So that's worth noting, at least. But things went on a downward pro- trajectory from there uh, since Titus acquired the Superman license in the mid-'90s. Aside from this game, that company made one middling Game Boy game uh, with the company before letting it, their, their license lapse. Uh, for the more modern entries, we get Superman Shadow of Apocalypse, which is also based on the TV series, and uh, Superman Returns, which is based on the movie. And that Superman Returns game with Brandon Routh uh, in 2006 was the last time that character has starred in his own standalone game. Um, he has become a pretty good supporting player in games like uh, the Injustice series, mm-hmm. which is a really fun fighting game, and the Lego uh, DC games, which are also really fun. But no one's really cracked it. And I, I heard rumors a couple years ago that Rocksteady, the team behind Arkham Asylum, was working on a Superman game. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know I if that's that ever going to materialize at this point. It's been several years now. Um, so I hope. I don't know. I think if anyone can do it, they can. I feel but, like uh, if they made a straight up, I feel like the way to do it would be to make a straight up Lego Superman game. Because then you could give him all the powers and just have him like annihilate buildings. Legos, and, yeah. Yeah. and you can't really die in that game right. like, permanently. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's you, part of the mechanic. Yeah, yeah. That's perfect, actually. I mean, not as a, obviously it's not a straight up story game, but I, I do. I mean, I think Injustice so far, the, that series has been the best as far as like, because everybody can punch everybody into the moon. So, like, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it kind of works. Yeah. But, yeah. And he gets a more interesting story, like, in the story mode of Injustice, which is really, really good. Um, oh, it's awesome. And uh, yeah. you, you get quite a bit of that. And he turns evil in one of them. I forget which one, but, yeah. I think it's the first one, right? Isn't I think it? maybe it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're, they are good. I just haven't played them in a long time. Okay. We've made it <laughs> 31 minutes in. We're finally going to talk about this game. <laughs> We, we, that was quite a build up damn it <laughs> but Superman colon the new Superman adventures that's the full title not Superman 64 uh, this was released uh, May 31st 1999 it was published and developed by Titus Interactive and it is an N64 exclusive yeah Lucky take that us. PlayStation owners suck a butt PlayStation we got this <laughs> so we have talked about Titus before uh, and for better or worse this is the game they are best known for I think uh, this was I would a- say for worse for worse yeah. probably yeah, they're not so much around the re- the anymore. The reviews definitely say for worse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this game was actually a strong seller and a pretty big hit for Titus. It uh, it sold about half a million copies and uh, 
I mean, which isn't nothing. I mean, that's that's pretty good. I'm I'm curious how many of those were returned, but uh, well, yeah, you know, I don't have. Did those you guys have me. game stores that let you return games? I mean, I didn't have a game store where I grew up. So I didn't like, either. I, I I don't know if that was ever a thing. Like, could you bring back a game? And be like, this wasn't fun. I don't give me my money back because it's not. I, I you know I honestly don't know. Yeah, I didn't I didn't have access I to a GameStop. No, I, I want to say like I tried that and I don't think it yeah. worked. Because okay. it's yeah, not like I, the GameStop made the game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> no, I think it was more like, hey, mom, like, can you go in and say like this game was broken? Mm, okay. <laughs> because it sucks. <laughs> but like, don't tell them it sucks. Just say it was broken. Can we get our money back? I mean, you back could make it, then they give you a new copy. You could yeah. make that yeah. argument <laughs> that this game is broken. Yeah, um, yeah, I think you can definitely make that argument. Uh, so the story, yes, there's a very rich and captivating story in this game. Uh, I'm going to quote this directly from the manual because it's short. Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen have disappeared. They've been kidnapped by the malevolent powers of Lex Luthor and Brainiac, who have brought w- brought them into a virtual reality version of Metropolis. Explore the incredible powers of Superman firsthand as you battle to rescue Lois Lane from the clutches of Metallo, then attempt to free Jimmy Olsen from the steel grip of Darkseid. Race into outer space to face Brainiac's evil alien technology and, above all else, destroy Luther's deadly dream of a virtual reality metropolis. You control the powers. You are Superman. Um, so this Superman fellow, I'm just learning about him for the first time yes. now through this podcast. And it seems to me some of the fundamental aspects of this character are... Mm-hmm. He's as wide as a street. Wider. He, um, <laughs> wider than wider than your average street. His arch enemy is rings. Mm, hates him. Um, oh yeah, got to fly through that. And um, he walks very very slowly and cannot breathe and move forward at the same time. Wait, can you breathe and move forward at the same time? I I, I have. I, I I've worked on it for many years. Mm. But I do have the ability to both walk and breathe. That's impressive. I need yeah. to I need to stop every I, few steps. <laughs> I'm trying it now. At all right, no, I can't. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I think I think you're about right. And so um, this game really nails the Superman vibe. Yeah, and he's he's roughly <laughs> the size and shape of a like very old Buick, uh, and he he, and he, moves, he controls worse. like one. Yeah. 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 Um, Holy shit, man. I mean, uh, you think you're prepared. You think you're prepared. I've, be, I've even played this game a little bit before. Uh, I think I rented it. Yeah. Mm. And you're, you're just really not prepared. You know, it's... Uh, it's it's remarkably remarkably bad um so and some of that has to do with the development from what i've understand it, it had kind of a troubled uh development a footage of the game was shown nearly complete at uh, e3 in 1998 but it got a really disastrous reception because it had very bad graphics and bad controls. Well, thank and, goodness uh, they fixed those things in the finished product. They finally got it, yeah. <laughs> the, the players were also complaining about the thick, ever-present green fog, which prompted the developers to claim that this fog was intentional, and it was actually kryptonite fog <laughs> uh, deployed by Lex Luthor to hinder Superman's power. Uh, Duh, you stupid <laughs> kids. It's kryptonite fog. Everybody so knows Everybody's that. breathing it, but also it's a virtual reality world, so why is that... Why, why would that affect him if it's just a simulation? Anyway, uh, they, they walked that explanation back. Apparently, that's not a thing anymore. Because... And if it's a virtual reality world, why is Lex Luthor letting Superman come into this world as Superman? Yeah. Just make him come in and be like ukulele or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like... <laughs> Wait, ukulele the game character or ukulele the instrument? The instrument. Okay, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I could see that being a really fun indie game, like I Am Toast or something. Yeah. I Am Ukulele. Uh, so they they delayed the game for a full year after this so they could work on these bugs. Oh, my God. And then when the game came out, it had all the same bugs and it's some new ones. So something fucked up happened during that process. I'm really curious about the exact story. According it's to, weird uh, to think that people, multiple people spent multiple years creating this game. Yeah. Because this just feels, I mean, it feels like a game that got made in about a month. Because that's what happened to E.T., and that's why E.T. is horrible. Because yeah. they're like, one person basically had to program the game in a month. And they're like, we need this license out. Yeah. And so it never came together. Sorry, I keep interrupting you, Jared. Go ahead. No, it's okay. No, no, because what you said totally nailed it to me. For me, this game feels like like a, a simulator game. Like, like, it feels like they, like, two guys worked on it for, like, five days. And we're like, hey, we just put together the Superman game. The, 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 the mechanics suck, but we've done a couple things that are Superman like like what do you oh, yeah, do you want to do you want to buy like, our oh, game so yeah. we can actually make the finished product <laughs> yeah, yeah. with this engine right. and they're like oh no let's just release the thing you made <laughs> I like... mean I was thinking this is like a like an elementary <laughs> school like my first coding project or something like it's it's so exactly yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah yeah for I think I think my daughter like my oldest daughter could probably make a better version I, of I it believe right it hundred percent yeah I completely believe it. I mean, uh, Eric Kane, who was the uh, president and founder of Titus Entertainment, he did an interview a couple years ago where it was a very clipped, very defensive interview where he was kind of explaining some of the issues that they had. He's laying all the blame on DC and Warner Brothers. He says they were interfering so much that it kind of ruined their vision. Um, they, they mandated the virtual reality idea because they didn't want Superman to be hurting real people. And they also wanted to put limits on his power so that the game wasn't too easy. Uh, and they well, hated that. Apparently, their first idea was to have just like a big open world metropolis that you could explore and mm -hmm. like solve crimes and things like that. But the technology was not up for it. And let's be honest, I don't think the developers were up for it either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that is because it's like this game's got a lot of problems and the virtual reality is a weird thing that they threw in. Mm -hmm. But it certainly doesn't hurt the game very much. Like you forget about it instantly. There's like a little cutscene at the beginning and then of Lex like. Ca capturing Jimmy Olsen and Lois. Yeah, and they then, walk through a portal. Like, that could be a portal to anything. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then you cut to Superman. And th th so this game, the scale in this game is so weird. Yeah. Because it's like the ground kind of looks like it's a top-down view of a city. Yeah. But then there's, like, full-size mm -hmm. buildings that are way bigger than Superman. So it's like you're kind of this... It's kind of like an overworld map in like Final Fantasy VII, yeah, yeah, where you're yeah. like walking around from one city to the next, but then you're in a city too, yeah. and it's just really weird. And it, yeah, and then there's like cars that Superman is taller than. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's completely all over. So, Jared, you said you've played this quite a bit in the past, right? Yeah. So sadly, <laughs> I have played this game probably more than normal people have. Because because of the comic, you know, like oh cool, a, a superhero game for me. Yeah, I mean there thing. wasn't a lot of. But what them. it was was, no, and 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 so what it was was my my uh, I just moved to Los Angeles and my roommate uh, had a sixty four and he had like and I he had like three games and two were great and the other was <laughs> yeah. Superman. It was like he had Turok, uh, Goldeneye, and then he had oh, Superman. And I was like, oh well, sh shit, I gotta give yeah, Superman got a try. So I, yeah, so I put it in and I was like, okay, so let's see what you can do here. And I remember. It, First, for like one second, I was impressed because I was like, oh, wait, okay, cool. You could do heat vision. And I did it once, and then I couldn't do yeah. it again. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, oh, cool, ice breath. Froze something, then, then couldn't do it again. And then I, like, I, I punched a car and like threw it. I was like, wow, cool. C then couldn't do it again. And then I was 
the flying. I got the hang of the flying. And then I realized, I'm like, this is the whole game. I can just walk around, punch a guy once, fly through rings, maybe do a heat vision thing. I don't remember anything. Like, I was very convoluted as trying to figure out, like, where I needed to go. I just remember walking around, getting really bored, and then being like, I guess I'll just fly until I can't fly that anymore. That was kind of our experience, too. I'm, I'm curious how many of the levels you've seen. There are 14 levels in this wow. game. And uh, I only just realized that uh, the, the segment that we did right now, we just got a little bit into level two. Right. Like, I thought I'd gotten much further the, than that, but it was just level the one. The level one of this game is one of the just most unappealing level ones yeah. in video game history. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, you, okay. I mean, most people, this is probably when people think of Superman 64, they're only thinking about level one, because mostly you're not going to get much farther than the game. And it's all flying through. Yeah, Lex Luthor says, to rescue your friends, you have to solve my maze. First off, Mm -hmm. not a maze. Not a maze. There's literally an arrow that just points you where to go, and there's very obvious rings that you have to fly through. It's more of a tunnel. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so you sort of, you have to... Press Z. This game, these controls are all backwards for yeah. no reason. You press Z to take off. Because, yeah. like, that's you what you think is you want to... The button that's under your finger is the button to launch into the air. And then you press B to go fast, yeah. to fly. And you're like, every racing game mm-hmm. I've ever played, you press A to go fast. And let's say that you fail to do the mission correctly. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's hard to fly through the rings in an amount of time. The instructions for the goal that you have after that are often very vague. Yeah. And so let's say that you yes. fail. Then you get a screen that says, press A to restart or start to quit. Yes. Oh, God. And so <laughs> what are you going to press? In most games, you'll say, I want to try again. I'll press start to restart. Yeah. Because it's literally the name of the button, the start button. And no, it's going going to, no, start is exit. To begin. It's going to take you back to the title screen and you will lose your progress and have to fly through some more rings. Something we did a few times. So you want to restart to start. You have to restart. You have to press A to start and start to exit. (laughs) It all makes sense. Like, I I accidentally lost our progress like a couple times because... (laughs) I've been playing Death Stranding right now, and like, there's lots of like little shortcut scenes that you can skip through. So I've been pressing the start button, skip mm-hmm. it, start button, skip it. So it's my impulse to just start. Let's move forward. Uh, and no. any other game that exists. Any other game, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. It's it's not even me just being a dumbass. It was just like this is my natural impulse to press this button, and it all fucks up. And so you get you fly through these rings. Every challenge, you like rescue this car. Yeah, you have to rescue these civilians from cars that are gonna hit them. So you pick up the cars and throw them, make them explode, and playing. <laughs> That there was no civilians in those cars. Yeah. It, was, it was Elon Musk owns this virtual reality. And he's got self-driving cars there. Um, so, and then the final challenge here after flying through rings is you have to use your freeze breath on these tornadoes. Yeah. And first you have to get this little power-up, which is very small. It's really easy to miss, which I did many times. Steve flew flew past this power-up at least eight times. And you have to get this power-up, and then it just says use it on the tornadoes, press top C, but you can't fly and use it at the same time. You kind of have to hold R to stop, hover by the tornadoes, but it's very unclear how far your breath goes or if it's hitting it. 
Like, you kind of need to be in the middle of the tornado for yeah. it to work. Otherwise, like, it's just, it's really impossible to tell the distance between you and the tornado. And then it makes you fly through more rings. Underwater. So, underwater. So you, you're flying above the water, and then the arrow kind of points down, and you're like, great, I can't see the rings underwater. So what was uh, that a total of four or five uh, ring flying it, segments in that first level? Well, I think it's... I think it's five. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Okay. And you... It was a lot. I remember it being very yeah. frustrating. Yeah. It was and I think you, you're allowed to miss, like, up to three or four yeah, rings right. in, a, in a cycle. You'll see, like, the rings will turn. Like, the, the green ones you're supposed to fly through. Yellow ones mean you, means you missed something. And then gray means if you fly through that, you missed too many and you're dead. But And then, like, if you fail, then you go to the sort of challenge section at the end where you have to punch four dudes or blow ice on these tornadoes. But if you fail that, it takes you back to the beginning of the ring section. Yeah. It's and the the best thing I can say about flying through the rings is that I got the hang of it, which is something I didn't do mm-hmm. with any other aspect of this well, game. Well, and that's what's so weird about this is most people are like, "Oh, that's the game. That's the horrible game where you just fly through rings." And that's what we thought as we started playing. But the weird thing is the rings probably the best part of this game. Yeah. Like they the, the mechanic yeah. works the best. Yeah. So finally you get to level 2. And you got to start like actually walking around. This this is the same level as that horrible level in the uh, Ninja Turtles game for NES, right. where you have to deactivate the bombs along these mines. Or sorry, the, the oh, sorry God. the, the yeah. mines that are going to blow up this dam. Yeah. That Lux Luthor has planted. Mm-hmm. And so you're inside of this dam, and you get to these robots, and you try to punch. You're walking around, and you try to punch the robots, and they just kind of get knocked back a little bit. They yeah. just kind of bonk. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so what you actually have to do is fly into them, and then Superman will pick them up, and you can throw them. But the game gives you no indication that this is how it works. And you have very little overhead space, so you're, you're not thinking when you're in these cramped, like, dark corridors, hey, I should be flying through here. Yeah. Like, it's not your impulse. You know, it feels like it's a walking around level. And then you approach Superman's other nemesis, a couple cardboard boxes. <laughs> <laughs> and you see that there is a green key behind these cardboard boxes. And you're like, oh, I guess I should get that. But no, you can't walk past the boxes. Oh, God. And so you have to fly into the boxes to pick them up. And Superman, like, strains. He's like, the animation for him to pick up these robots is the same as him picking up these cardboard boxes. Yeah. Which then you throw and they explode. But they are very clearly made of cardboard. Yeah. And and wasn't there a thing with the freeze breath where it's like you didn't actually know if it was doing anything on the tour, unless it was like really wide? Like, there was something where it was like, like you had to be like a certain distance from something or else like it just completely... Just yeah, like none smoke, of none of the like, mechanics like, are explained like well, and they just just nothing. The only thing that works in this game is the flying through rings, and, and it's then, not fun. Right? Like, so let's talk about these power ups for a second, because so these are all mapped to different buttons. So you have the C up is uh, your ice breath, C down is your laser breath, and then there's another one, well, uh, the rem- X ray vision. But you you only ever use one at a time. And you remember in the comics where Superman doesn't have access to like his heat breath or sure. his X ray vision all the time. He has to pick up the power up. <laughs> yeah, it says enable <laughs> totally, yeah. X ray vision. Yeah, yeah. I guess well, I'm just what are you, what are you forgetting? Come on, guys, kryptonite. Oh, that's box. right. That's that explains yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, that explains yeah. it. Damn it. Yeah. Damn you, fog. Yeah. Um, but like. Like, yeah. I, I, my point with that is just like, why isn't the power up just one button? You're only going to be using oh, one power yeah. up at a time. Why are we wasting all these other buttons? Like, well, maybe as you get farther, you get more of them maybe. at the same time. I'm curious but... to see if anyone's gotten farther. Like, how far have you gotten in this, Jared? Have you, you haven't beaten it. I've, 
No, I, I honestly think I got okay, a level see. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 then I would just get bored and well, fly. Yeah, that's kind of like the the idea is like I bet most people are like I'm going to yeah. suffer through these rings. These rings are probably just the horrible introduction to something decent. And then you get to level two and you're like, yep. no, it's actually much worse. Yeah, I will. Stop playing this game now. And I, uh. I feel like people just got very disinterested in making this game halfway through because the rings were initially only supposed to be like part of the tutorial. Well, that's what they feel like. And uh, uh, but they made it, they made it into a very unless that whole first level is meant to be the tutorial. I don't know, <laughs> but like, I think kind of. But the thing to me is, it was so frustrating to that. Like you said, you finally actually get good at the rings yeah. and flying. Then it's like you don't really want to do anything else because it's just not no, worth it. No, no. You're like, oh, I'm good. I'm good at this. I want to feel <laughs> good about myself. I want to go to bed feeling good today. Well, if you want to go to bed today. feeling good, then yeah. you will not play the multiplayer. Because Wait, this game has a multiplayer <laughs> mode? This was honestly a surprise to me as well. <laughs> this felt like a nice little extra bonus pile of shit on top of the pile of shit I was expecting. <laughs> like, I did not know there was a multiplayer mode in this game. I, I imagine most people listening did not know, uh, but there is. This guy yeah. listening didn't know. Yeah. I didn't oh, see, know you played this quite a bit. Books. See, yeah, and like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of buried in there. You have to go to new game, and then it'll be down in there. But um, so you have a, a race mode and a flight mode. So flight mode is a fight mode. Oh, fight, fight yeah. mode. Sorry, yeah. Uh, all right, so so okay. Naturally, wait, oh. you have a Superman game. Yeah, what, do, what are you going to base it on? Yeah, you have a man who flies, a man who takes to the skies like a bird. So naturally, all, the multiplayer is all about spaceships. Yeah, um, flying around in spaceships as villains. Also noted, you Normal. cannot play as Superman in the multiplayer. Sure can't. It, you cannot. You, here are your choices of characters that you can play mm. at, in the multiplayer. Um, Lex Luthor, sort of Toady, Mercy Graves. Yeah. Metallo, mm -hmm. Brainiac, and Darkseid. And, what's and the Dark Shadow. Dark Shadow, I, think I don't just know the generic but... uh, uh, bad guy in this game. Yeah, but it's just, they're driving around in like little wacky racer style spaceships. Yeah, they're like... like popping out of the top like those old McDonald's toys. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's just, it's like, why are these characters what you want to choose? I mean, it's all so goofy anyway. Why don't they give you, like, Lois Lane in some kind of yeah. goofy spaceship? And it doesn't it's even... all villains, yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't even matter because the whole thing takes place from a pers a sort of face faceball um, 2000 perspective of, yeah. like, you're only seeing the cursor. Right. Or you, you compared it to Forsaken 64. Which, which uh, I, I don't want to be saying Forsaken in the same sentence because right. that one's so much infinitely better, but you could see, like, the... It's a little bit of Forsaken and a little bit of Star Fox 64, mm -hmm. which also had bad multiplayer. But not this not bad. Not this bad. No, I'll play that all day long compared to yeah. this. But So the, the fight mode is uh, we, we brought Nicole in to help us out. You have up to four-player multiplayer. Uh, Nicole helped us fly around and uh, shoot some things for a while. Uh, and that's literally all that is. You get a pick of one of three levels. Uh, there's the, the town, the spaceship, and the subway. The subway may be the worst designed multiplayer level I've ever seen. Oh, easily. Because it's just a, I mean, it's what you would think a subway tunnel is. A long straight a line. Very, very dark, very long, yeah, straight line. And so <laughs> half the time you can't see anyone. And the end of each level, like the wall has more corridors through it. Yeah. You just can't go through those corridors. Yeah. And at this point, Nicole had succeeded in clipping through the floor. So she yes. was under the subway tracks and could not move. Mm -mm. Um, she couldn't go up and she could not shoot her gun. Nope. She could see out and see Steve and try to shoot, but nothing would happen. And Steve, we could not see her at all. Also, it's like... I think this game was notorious for that, too, actually. Like, just, like, frame rate and getting stuck in things and, like... 
Yeah, it just not making so yeah like i remember picking up the cars and i could see yeah you just get stuck that, no no exaggeration really we were getting slow down and chop while superman was walking alone through a tight hallway slowly he was walking slowly <laughs> and he was juddering but i mean we've played almost 200 games for this podcast and honestly this is the first one where the game broke i think this is the first time the game has glitched out and we needed to restart the match yeah. to actually finish it. Like, yeah. we've played plenty of games with glitches and stuff, but usually they have not made it completely unplayable. For, yeah, yeah. This so. this why, and I don't even know how she triggered it. She was just flying no. around. Like, uh, so this is real bad. It's it's you're just flying around shooting. Uh, your your ship controls very poorly. Um, I wish they did go with the Forsaken controls of, like, full 360 movement so you can get around a little bit, but I do not have faith in these developers no. to pull that off. Uh, it's it's just boring. It's just a boring deathmatch mode. You have some boring-ass weapons and some boring-ass shields. There's just nothing really to recommend. And then the level design, like you said, is so bad. The ship and the subway are both pitch dark through most of it, yeah. and the town is just covered in green fog. You can't see shit. Uh, and then we move on to race mode, and race mode is one of the most baffling fucking things I've we ever We have not seen been this life. confused since NBA in the Zone slam dunk contest. <laughs> All right, so here's here's how this starts. So one player is like the leader, and they have a ring, and they generate more rings, like the ones you play in the single player mode, that uh, go behind them. And ostensibly, your role as the other player is to fly through these rings. Well, so if you if you press start, we're like, we don't understand the mechanics mm. of this game. So we're going to press start and click on the story and controls option, which should tell you the mechanics of this game. And what this, I'm going to quote this to my best of, the best of my ability. It says, one player drops rings while other people, and like, or it's like, it just says, oh man, I wish I, now I'm blanking on it, but it's yeah. like... One player has the control to drop the rings, while the other people can follow. Oh, and then they but said, it, like, that player has uh, full energy, but is yeah. slower? Whoever's in first is slower, but has full energy. But it gives you no indication of what how you win the game. Right. So the directions of the directions of this game are like a bad app and it comes yeah, down. Y- yeah, exactly. Much so we we kind of presumed that, all right, so you're, you're dropping rings, so I think the, the goal of it is to dive through these rings until you become the leader and then you're generating rings and then it's like a capture the flag thing whoever holds on to the rings the longest is the winner so i started with the rings yeah. and flew around steve flew behind them and then he became the leader mm-hmm. the ring all, master the ring master the lord of the rings mm-hmm. all the while nicole <laughs> is flying around sort of somewhere else frustrated about her inability to find the rings and yes. fly through them because the controls are very bad it, it's really not on her at all. No, no no totally it's not, not. Reflection on her. um and then we're like okay we have no idea what's going on because there's no timer that keeps track of who has the highest score there's like a main game timer so like let's just five minute match let's just let the match run out and see who wins based on something and the match ran out and then nicole won nicole was in first place for doing nothing i was in last place (laughs) for being the guy who held the rings the longest right so i do not understand what the point of the match is i don't i genuinely so you you don't want to be the one with the ring, but you also don't want to be the one without the ring. Are, are you supposed to be the one without the ring? But if you're the well, one without the no, ring. No, no, Steve, Steve, it's simple. Okay, it's simple. all right. It's simple. You, okay, whoever yes. has the ring wants to not, to not have it. Okay, so you want to, so you got to, okay, so we, if you restart from the start and you have a ring. Wait, should I press start uh, to go start? No, you press restart. No, you got, you got to press A to restart. I press A to restart and then I press start to start. Yes. Yeah, and then you cast it into the fires of Mount Doom. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Okay. That, okay. 
Yeah, it's simple. It's really That part simple. I can get behind with this game. I will happily throw this in a volcano. Oh, my God. Like, I kind of, I, I really, I honestly thought I'd seen everything this game had to offer in terms of shittiness. I was prepared. I'm like, all right, I'm going to fly through, through some rings. I'm going to do some shitty combat. I'm going to look for something nice to say. Maybe the multiplayer will surprise us. The multiplayer surprised the me. The multiplayer was worse than the single player by far. And that's Especially the an race accomplishment. Mode. Yeah. That is a, a hell of an accomplishment. Uh I mean, holy crap. I mean, I, I would just say, like, track down this game, buy this game for a dollar somewhere. And, this game uh, is probably more than a dollar. I bet this game is be. probably more valuable just based on its infamy of I, I terribleness. Was, I was looking up complete in box is like $55. Okay. So not too bad. Don't spend $55 wow. on Superman 64. The only reason you would is because it originally came packed with an exclusive comic book uh, that, that explained this shitty story in more detail. <laughs> okay. And I looked up that comic book separately, and that's going for like $85. So just buy the, it's, wow. it's, it's actually well, com- decreasing the price to have the game attached to it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, maybe that's the complete, complete in box probably doesn't necessarily include that comic book, depending on how someone's going to Oh, the one it. on eBay I, I was looking at. Too. Oh, yeah, so I you got to jump on that, listeners. We're telling it. you now eBay deal scour. Yeah. Because <laughs> Steve's going to buy that as soon as we finish recording. Oh, I'm so. definitely doing No, yeah. I'm not. I'm fucked that. No way. I have my limits. Uh, oh, my God. Okay, so there were... The one last little addendum to this is that there were plans in place to port this game to the PlayStation. And according to uh, the, the creator of Titus, uh, the port was 75% done. But after the devastating response to this one, they decided to just scrap the entire project and start from start with a new one. They hired Blue Sky Interactive, which is the company that made Vector Man and a couple of other like noteworthy games of the Genesis, and they were going to take it over. But that hit so many delays that by the time the game was ready to show, Titus had lost the license to uh. Superman. Uh, which uh, Warner Brothers, surprisingly, was not eager to renew. So, uh, so that project is probably out there somewhere in some form, uh, completely abandoned, and no one cares about it. And I think that's a good way. And probably still better than the uh, the 64. I'm curious, actually. An unfinished, 75% completely restarted PlayStation game might be better. Might be better than this. Yeah. Oh, my God. We made it through that one. Uh Holy shit, you guys. Superman is unbelievable. Do we have any... Oh, there's one other thing I noticed when I was looking at the manual, and this never came up in the game. So I would like a listener to write in and tell me what this means. Uh, there's an, there's a power-up in the manual that's just called reprogrammation. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pink and blue yin-yang. And I have no idea what this could. It doesn't tell mean. you what the power up is. It just says pick up this yin yang for reprogrammation. There's one. There's a. Re- it reconfigures the game and turns it into Ocarina of Time. There's, That's <laughs> that'd be amazing. No, there, there's one power up called a lure, which I know what it. I, I know from the name lure what that probably does. I don't know what its application would be in this game, but there's a lure, and then the other one's reprogrammation. Hmm. What the fuck does that mean? I mean, again, this game has 14 levels. I think most people will only get through level two. So if you are a if you are a listener out there and you have made it explored the 14 levels of this game, tell us what the hell happens. And do not and, tell and, me to Google this because yeah. I refuse. And does it get any better, or is it? Yeah, because we are we are legitimately curious, but don't need to spend any more of our time no. thinking about Superman 64. Uh, do we have? Does anyone have any final notes before we move on to our rankings? Uh, no, I just want to say that I'm just what I've learned from this game is that if you want a piece of my heart, you've got to restart from the start. <laughs> 
Well, on that note, let's move on to our <laughs> rankings. So uh, each week we are ranking all of the games that we have played. We are at 196 games. We are we have just a little over 100 games left. Nice. That makes me sad and happy. <laughs> um, let's start with Jared. Jared, you have one game on this list. You have Batman Beyond. Is this better or worse than Batman Beyond? Oh God, that's gonna be really hard. <laughs> yeah, you probably uh, yeah, you you're the guest who has played on average the worst games. <laughs> yeah, by yeah, far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I I will say that this was yeah this is an infinitely worse. Yeah, game. yeah. I would I would have to agree yeah, because at least the Batman game it was like yeah that's kind of so stupid yeah. and silly. But no, this game is just like why programmization programmation yeah uh what do you have about you sure um this is i'm not putting this at the bottom of our list believe it or not um we we recently had a a friend over who's like i want to play the worst game on your list so we played monster truck madness and i felt very vindicated with that on the bottom of our list because that (laughs) game is awful 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 and i think it is worse than superman 64 um, I'm putting this at number 196, which actually I don't know because you said that we played that many games. Anyway, so. I'm putting this right above Transformers Beast Wars Transmetal. So on the okay. bottom of my list is Monster Truck Madness. So that's your new 194. Oh, 194. Okay, yeah. so the bottom of the list is Monster Truck Madness and then that Beast Wars game that we couldn't play because it made us sick. Yeah. And then Superman, which also made us sick, but in yeah. different ways. Yeah. I um... I, you know, I'm debating. I'm debating because that Monster Truck Madness is real bad. It is real bad. I, I believe in that. I am going to put this on my bottom. I nice. Think. I think this nice. is my new wow. number 197. I think this is, I mean, I, it, there's something. It's kind of like, you know, you, you get tired seeing Citizen Kane at the top of all the best movie lists. <laughs> and then you watch Citizen yep, Kane and yep. you're like, okay, all right, I get it. I, get it. <laughs> I understand. And uh, uh, Superman is the same way. It's frequently called one of the worst games ever. You think, oh, no, well, come on. It, I can't be that bad. It is bad. the Citizen Kane of bad N64. It know. is. It is. Yeah. It definitely is. Uh, yeah, I think this is the bottom one for me. I think uh, my list is shaping up to be more wow. traditional than Woody's yeah. right now. <laughs> Currently, my number one game is Ocarina of Time. Very bottom game is Superman. Your number one game is NBA Hang Time. Bottom game, Monster Truck Madness 64. Yeah. I, 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 Yours I, is more eclectic, I yeah, think. Yeah, the... But uh, someone, the one of us cuts. has got to be the norm core. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's Superman. Oh my God. Whew. Exhausting. Um, before we go, uh, I want to give uh, Jared a second to plug anything. Do you have any uh, projects, Twitter, uh, podcasts, anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, I do a podcast. Um, I actually took a little breather from it, but it's been going strong, but I'm coming back to it. It's called The Real Short Box. Uh, it's a comic book podcast. We talk about everything comic books. Uh, movies uh we give you ideas for prospecting for comics that you might oh, cool. want to buy that we think are going to go up uh so yeah and the reason i uh, real quick we got to call it the real short box is like the ghostbusters <laughs> the real ghostbusters there was a podcast called the short box so we're like all right we'll just call us the real short box. <laughs> that's a perfect Boom. way to hey, it works every time and does, does lorenzo yeah. music voice you on the podcast or uh, uh do you- <laughs> that's, that's right that's right yeah well that's awesome everybody check that out it's a really fun read you guys have been doing that for a while yeah, that's yeah, it's, yeah, so there's yeah. there's lots of uh, back yeah. stuff to get into and uh, it's fantastic. Uh, we're going to be good. This year is going to be the year where we are more uh, consistent with plugging our shit and yes. remembering that we have other projects. So I'm going to plug our Patreon, patreon.com slash ultra64pod. we got a bunch of great episodes on there right now. If you sign up at just $5 a month, you will get all of that. So what, um, what, are, what are some of I feel like we should name. So we're doing an episode. Uh, so a lot of what we're talking about on that Patreon is uh, stuff outside the N64. Uh, so we're expanding our horizons a little bit. 
Um, and so we have uh, monthly polls where our uh, patrons can uh, vote on games that we're going to play. If you're at the $10 level, you can actually submit something to that poll. Yeah. Um, so the one Ask. that's coming up soon is the game Return of the Obra Dinn, yes. which is a super cool sort of mystery adventure game. An insurance simulator. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, we've done Battletoads. We've done Battletoads. Uh, we played Rock and Roll Racing. Yeah. Um, we did an episode on Christmas games. That was really so fun. So it's shaping up to a Sin and Punishment. Sin um, and Punishment, Eternal Darkness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we so there's already shaping up to be a pretty decent amount of stuff there. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot more great stuff coming up. Uh, so check that out, patreon.com slash ultra64pod. And we have something else, too. Oh, yes. The other thing is um, the podcast Jest Friends, where if you are interested in reading the book Infinite Jest, join us as we slowly work our way through it. And really... I, it's a much more pleasant time than playing Superman 64. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, yes. And we're, we're more than halfway through that as well. So we both, are. both of our podcasts, we're moving through to the end. We definitely are. And speaking of moving on, we have uh, uh, next week, uh, we are ditching the Superman, but we're keeping the Super. Because we're going to be playing Supercross 2000, ah. Jeremy McGrath Supercross 2000, <laughs> different games, and Excite Bike 64. So okay. three dirt bike racing games. We're going to be pitting EA against Acclaim against Nintendo, and I don't even begin to have a guess of who would top that list. <laughs> I have it's no idea. a motorcycle madness. But uh, I'm excited for Excite Bike. That's one of my favorite NES. Well, that's games, the only so. that's the only proper feeling for Excite Bike. Yeah, they don't call it's it Mad Bike. No, they don't. They don't. <laughs> they should, but they don't. That was don't that was the cheapo knockoff. And I haven't played this one on the N64 at all. So no, me neither. Uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be cool. Well, thank you so much, Jared, for being here once again. It's always great having you on. My pleasure. Uh, everybody, check out uh, the Real Short Box and uh, everything else. And in the meantime, I think we've got some rings to fly through. So, I'm stuck in the floor. Night, everybody. Too many pain pills, too much pot, trying to be something that I'm not. Superman. Superman. Trying to do more than I can, got a little out of hand, I ain't Superman, know what I'm talking about? I blew my throat and I blew my toe, I wound up sipping on soup to show I wasn't Superman, oh no, I wasn't Superman. I'm trying to do more than I can, I got a little out of hand, I wasn't Superman. I hear you, make you play well. Yeah.